0: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: It has never given me pause or made me feel threatened in any kind of way because Chris does not want Giselle's 50-year-old puss. He has no, he, why would he want that when he has this?
2: Stay tuned, we'll get into my conversation with Candace Diller-Bassett right after these quick ads. Hey, Raindrops. So on today's episode of Reality with the King, I am joined by a woman that I'm a huge fan of. She was surprised, but are you guys going to be surprised? I'm talking about Candace, baby, Candy Gal from The Real Housewives of Potomac. I love this woman. I think she truly, truly is on her way of becoming one of the greatest housewives of all time. Yep, I said it, and I said what I said. She is funny. She is shady. But she also is very spiritual, Yes, she's me. (laughs) All ducks aside, we get into how she prayed and manifested herself onto the Real Housewives of Potomac. Additionally, she talks about colorism as it relates to her being a dark-skinned female on the show. And last but not least, baby, she throws an entire shade tree at Giselle green Eye bandit, Bryant. It was so shady. Raindrops, I had to gag, cut off my phone, and come back up again. Okay? Without further ado, here is my conversation with Candace Dillard Bassett. I am so happy to talk to you. You know I am a huge fan of yours.
1: Is that? So, I don't think I knew that. I was I Okay, so we have a a good mutual friend who you've worked with for a very long time, who also produced me, who is a dear dear friend of mine, and he would always talk about you and he would tell me that you really enjoyed me. But I was like, "No, he don't. You have an intimidation factor because you are you're one of a kind in this industry." And you like you are a shady ass boot, <laughs> so I don't I don't want to be in your wake with all your success being shady, <laughs> making the people do what they got to do. Let's listen. You are you are you're it's a you're like an urban legend, Ugh, but, but real, Candace. I'm just saying.
2: Okay, well, <laughs> listen, I did not expect any of this. And I'm not an <laughs> emotional person, but I'm a very spiritual person. Do you want me to fold you a tissue? Right
1: no. you get Can you
2: fold me a tissue at <laughs> <with> that point? <laughs> Please, honey. It's like yes. a paper plane that you make it back in, uh, in grade school, Listen. honey. Yes. That's how yes. your, your tissues be. But all jokes aside, that has to be the highest compliment anyone in, in, in this industry has ever given me. Because... What? No, listen, listen, listen. People give me compliments. Don't get me wrong. But in the way you articulated it, in the sense of, you know, look, no one talks about how... I'm not going to cry. No one talks about how I did pave the way for Black producers to do reality television and the many, many, many messages I get from Black producers. You know, I talked about in this podcast, Candice, how I was the first Black man to executive produce a Real Housewives franchise in general. And when I decided to step down, I replaced myself with another Black man. I I said, I would like to leave, and I'm going to give the reins to another Black man. And to see Eric Fuller as well, who is my mentee, Eric Fuller is one of the executive producers of Atlanta Housewives as well as Potomac. He's the Carlos King of Potomac, honey. Yes, (laughs) honey. (laughs) And he's super smart, super creative. He's He's so sweet. Yes. I'm overwhelmed with this pleasantry because, you know, look, when it comes to me, a lot of people like to throw me shade. Carlos, you're messy. You're this, you're that. And one thing about me, I don't give two fucks what people say about me. So when someone can honor... Me, I receive it. And I wanted to talk to you because, and I meant what I said, because you you also said earlier, like, yeah, people say you like me, and I was like, he don't like me. Like, you don't understand. I am a candy girl boy. Like, oh no! Like I love you. I love what you represent. In my expert opinion, you are one of the greatest things that happened to Potomac.
1: Oh, y'all, you're going to make me cry.
2: And let's be clear. Let's be clear. Ah. Every once in a while, a reality star hops on an existing franchise. Yes. And she, or he, in this case, she comes on the show and changes the temperature of the show. I said this publicly, and I'll say it again. Kenya Moore and Portia Williams Came on the Real Hotspots of Atlanta season five, and the show hasn't been the same since because they changed the motherfucking temperature of that show. Yeah. Yeah. When you came on Candy Gal, <laughs> baby, those girls did not know how to take you, and they still don't. They still don't. They still which don't. mind blowing. You like hit with the program. You change the temperature of the show so much so you are slowly becoming one of the premier faces of the franchise.
1: God bless you. Thank
2: you. Do, you. do you feel that way? No, no, no.
1: I, honestly, this is the honest truth. I think I'm getting fired every year. I'm wow. like, well, you know, and, it's, and for me, this opportunity, I saw it as an opportunity. Something that I wanted to use for... A greater purpose within my my career and within my life, and I sat down with my, who was my boyfriend at the time, we weren't even engaged, my my man, and we said if we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, and it's going to have purpose, and we're going to use this platform because the platform uses you, child, so use this platform to accomplish things, and. I have an album out. I have a deluxe album coming out. I have a tour coming out. I have a scripted series coming out. I have a hairline. I have, I'm, I'm starting a new business with my, with my mom and my sister. I have accomplished so much with the assistance of this platform that I feel like that has been my portion. However, you just, I don't take for granted that it can all be gone tomorrow and the direction could shift for whatever reason tomorrow and I could be unceremoniously cast out for whatever reason because this t- television is a fickle industry especially unscripted you just don't ever know and you know Potomac is is a top show and I I recognize that and I I credit the OGs for getting us on the map. But I don't sit up here and be like, yeah, girl, I'm going to be back. I, I, you just, you never
2: know. I read somewhere that you prayed for this opportunity to be a Potomac housewife, that you watched the show and correct me if I'm wrong, but you said something along the lines of, this show is missing me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, I know I know what I did say. I remember watching. Yes, I did pray about it. And I remember watching when. So I'm from Georgia originally. So when Atlanta started, I was like, oh, let me see what these girls is about to do. Where are they going to be at? What are they going to be talking about? I was. all And then it was I watched Desperate Housewives. So then. When the Real Housewives of Orange County came around, I was like, "Oh, what's this?" But I was kind of looking with one eye because it's you know white ladies talking about whatever white people stuff. That's fine. <laughs> but when Atlanta started, I was like, "Oh, the girls are coming to town," and I was excited. And so then when Potomac started, it was like an, another. We're getting another black ensemble cast on this in this within these franchises. Let me turn the TV on, and then because I I'm, I live in the the DC Maryland Virginia area or the DMV as we refer to it now it was also a you know proximity to what what's happening so let me see what these girls are doing who might I know where are they going what's the tea I remember being in the bed with Chris and the show was on and I was like why am I not on this show because these girls ain't doing nothing that I can't do thirty seven thousand times better and with more style and grace okay Ooh. so. What are we talking about? I I remember saying that to Chris. And I said to Chris, I need to be on this show because what are they doing? And then I remember getting down on my knees at the foot of my bed. I had a little couch at the foot of my bed and asking God, Lord, this is an opportunity for me to accomplish all of the things that you have shown me I'm supposed to have. Let me have it. And I promise that I will do my best to glorify you in all of it. And literally, the following year, I was getting an email from casting. What? God is like, he said, okay. God is really, my, my mouth is too powerful because I have manifested everything that I have. Everything that I have that you see and that you don't see. I have spoken from my mouth. And it's I have chills just talking about it because I didn't. I didn't call anyone. I didn't know anyone on the show. I didn't, know, I didn't know anything. They reached out to me. And I believe with everything that I am that it is from that prayer.
2: Oh, listen. I, my entire existence in this world, you know, material things or, or not, is, is because of the grace of God. And I am yes. a praying man. And every single blessing from this podcast to my late night show to wherever is because of God. So I believe in yes. the power of prayer. So when you say they reach out to you, and you, but you had no connections with the current cast at that time, how did they find you? So
1: our casting director, who has casted this show from the very beginning, and they still do this. they They are consistently casting, and you know this. Every season, they are looking for new blood, whether they bring someone in or not, friends of... Full time house. They're always looking. So in that search, Adrian, who is our casting director, he he scours the Internet. He scours the Instagrams and the Facebooks of the world. And there were degrees of separation between myself and Ashley, myself and Katie, where our orbits maybe sort of could have overlapped. And especially I think with Ashley, because of the pageant connection, I've never asked him exactly where he looked to find me, but he, he tells me that he found me through looking on Instagram and, and that's, yeah. yeah. And, and then my business email was connected to my Instagram. My pageant consulting firm at that time was connected to my Instagram and they reached out to me through that
2: email. So you prayed for it. A year later, this casting director contacts you. You do the interview. I interview plenty of women who've been um, cast for Housewives. Some get it, some don't. Monique talked about how she bombed her first interview. Ashley Silva, who I know you know from Love and Marriage DC, talked about how she did four interviews. What was your process like? Did you kill it your first interview?
1: did i can say that (laughs) (laughs) and i know this because well i've talked to adrian about it since and um he says that i did a great job but i know i did a great job because he was like falling over laughing at me and i was and admittedly, I will say I'm, I am a journalist and I am a, I'm a, I'm a comms person. So research is my friend. I did my research before my first interview. And I remember reading that Nene had a glass of wine before (gasps) her first interview. And so I poured my, I'm I'm a drinker of the brown liquors. So I poured myself (laughs) a glass of jack honey which is one of my my favorite at home beverages and i sipped on that and that it eased my nerves a little bit and helped me to just kind of just be uninhibited and just tell the truth about you know everything that i was being asked and and adrian was cracking up laughing so yes i i can say that i I soared in my interview, but I will say this. I will say that before I got there, I had a phone call with one of his associates and I match energy. So she was giving like dry. It was like toast with no jam, jelly or butter. It was just dry. (laughs) And so I was like, you know, just kind of answering questions. And then it was like five minutes and she was like, okay, well, we'll be in touch. I was like, okay, thank you. And I just felt like it that did not go well. So I emailed her and I was like, this didn't really go the way that I thought it was going to go. So here are some bullet points. Cause she didn't ask me anything about me. It was just, it was very like vanilla. I was like, here are some bullet points, just to kind of explain who I am. My mama crazy, my my man got all these baby mamas and kids over here. <laughs> And I, I, I broke it down in, in a way that I knew would make sense and would be was palatable. And and then I then I had my um my Skype interview. So persistence.
2: This is so good because I, I tell people all the time, no matter what field you want to get into, I don't care if it's entertainment, you know, um hospital teaching, engineering, whatever. You have to study those before you in order to be great, yes. and you have to study the greats. My career is where it's at because I, I studied Oprah. I studied Tala Perry. I studied all these amazing people. So the fact that you knew that Nene Leakes had a glass of wine her first interview is everything to me, and that's why you are a formidable player on Potomac. So let's fast forward to your first season. I'm going to keep it real with you. Okay, please do. I obviously know the producers of Potomac, right? Because the production company produces Atlanta and Potomac. And your first season, I was like, they're hazing her, meaning you. They're hazing Candace. And by they, I mean the cast. And I also felt like I will never forget this. It was the scene where, (laughs) and and FYI, I do love the entire cast. But it was the scene where... You guys were on a bus going to a destination. Oh, God. We were going yes. to Nemecolans. And yes. it, I felt like they... So, it was this scene where they were like, no, you got to stand up for yourself. You got to read the girls. And I was like, why are they prepping her to read the girls when I feel like she has it? And Thank you. When you read Cha-Cha for Filth and girl. called her <laughs> geriatric granny... <laughs> And you read Giselle's jacket, uh, yeah. and you were you were literally like this sniper. <laughs> Not going. a sniper,
1: oh lord! Baby,
2: the DC sniper years ago has nothing on that mouth. Oh
1: my god, I remember the DC. Yes,
2: sniper. honey, you were the Potomac <laughs> sniper with the mouth, and you were targeting each girl. And I was like, oh, this bitch is everything. So, oh, your first season, did you feel like? these girls were hazing you, A, and B, did you also feel what I was feeling like? Why are y'all trying to prep this girl to be like, well, let, let me teach you how yeah. to read the girls. This is what yes. you say when this happens. Yeah.
1: Yes. I. So there is, a, there is an instance that I see all the time online where people say, Candace got to that first lunch on that trip And was, you know, reading at the table because the girls had told her in a previous scene that she needed to do that. And I always furrowed my brow at that because Candace was always going to give what needed to be given when the time came. I don't I don't ever like to pounce before, you know, the dough has risen and that was coming Regardless of what advice I receive, and I, I receive all all advice. Give it to me, bring it here. i'm gonna I'm gonna filter it and and see what what I need to take or what I need to leave. but i I resent that the general public seems to think that my trajectory on the show was so because of what someone told me to do. that was that was all me. like this I, I my mouth did not start when we hit play on Potomac. I was always on punishment for having a smart ass mouth growing up, okay? This is and if you've met my mother, you know why because the sharp tongue comes from that. From so, yeah, at that point I was up I was fed up because don't sit on this bus, on this bumpy bus and tell me that my mama paid for my ring. Girl, like tend tend to your business and the dwindling diamonds in your ring, okay? Like leave mine alone. <laughs> or lack thereof. Cuz half of y'all ain't no ring, nor a man to gift you one. So I like that, that just sent me over. I was like, what? And then it, it was a, because I'm petite and I have like a, a cheerleader energy, as Giselle said in my first season. I, and I do, I own that, that that's, I'm a bubbly personality. I think these girls thought that they could run me over. But I, as I always say, you bring grenades to the party, I have rocket launchers. So.
2: <laughs> and you see why I call her sniper. <laughs> Ooh, child, I hate to interrupt this juicy conversation, but stay tuned for more of my conversation with Candace right after these quick ads. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into my conversation with Candace. When you wrapped your first season, did you think you would come back for a second season? Knowing that, obviously, the wedding was, was the opening of the following season, but did you feel like, okay, I did a great job, or did you feel like, oh, bitch, I may not come back, and what the fuck?
1: I didn't know, and I, at that point, I I wasn't thinking about it. I think I was just kind of going with the flow and being in the moment. So I, I didn't allow myself to think beyond, okay, we're shooting the show and now we're shooting the reunion and now the reunion is over. I don't think I thought about at that point whether or not I was coming back. I do feel like because I was getting married and I... I knew kind of how the formula worked. If you have, you know, a burgeoning storyline, they're going to want to carry that over into the following season. I, I think we probably did talk about that. And I think that there were conversations between myself and production about what my wedding would look like if they were to film it. So I kind of felt like I would come back, but I didn't really question it at that time. But I found out later that, that uh, one of our SVPs said that they were not sure about me <gasps> until the reunion <gasps> when I guess my, um, what did I say? Uh, it was Lauren, Lauren Esklin. She was like, she made reference to me calling Ashley a house trollop <laughs> because, <laughs> because it, can't, that, it they weren't, they, I guess they were not used to me being that quick. Because there wasn't, I didn't know she was going to say that rehearsed line about me being a house daughter. I didn't know that was coming, and you know you're a house trollop. That just it just came from from my sternum. It
2: Just came out. Not rehearsed read. Okay, <laughs> I caught that. No, it's funny because I did not think you were going to have a second season, and this is coming you from didn't? me. I I'm gonna tell you why. I. Lord Jesus, I know I'm going to get in trouble for this, but this podcast is about me keeping it all the way real. Reality. Real. I, it's reality. And the, the first four letters is R-E-A-L. Yeah. Boo-boo is real. Yeah. I did not think you were coming back because I didn't think you were set up for success. I did not mm. think that. And you are the reason why I tell people you should always give a housewife a second season because you never know. Claudia yeah. Jordan will always go down in history as yes. the most underrated housewife, because she deserved she was the second disenfranchised. season. Disenfranchised. Yes, absolutely. Yes. yes. So, your second season on the show really showed why you are a formidable player. So much so, you literally get into with everybody, and you hold your own. And to be a petite woman, what I love about you, and I know you. Read upon Nene Leakes drinking wine, and 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 that's what made you want to like okay prepare for this interview you have with the casting director. You are on your way to becoming an icon like Kenya Moore. And hear oh, me out, hear me out. I receive okay. Pageant background, beautiful chocolate girl, yeah. a wordsmith, Thank you. intelligent, and me working with Kenya, I always knew that. The issues that Kenya had with some of the women, I'm not going to name names, but some of them (laughs) was Kenya, you're not only beautiful, but bitch, Mm -hmm. you're smart. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And and you know how to read. And when you read, when Kenya Moore season seven at um, this group event where they had the doctor there, the therapist, his name is Slipping My Brain. And she said, you are a revisionist historian. Me and the producer said, what the fuck does that mean? That. And I literally Googled that, and I said, this bitch is so smart. <laughs> and all the other yes. housewives was like, dumbfounded. Like, wait, yeah. is, that, is that a read? What? You remind mm-hmm. me so much of Kenya. And one thing that you are vocal about on Twitter is you feel that because you and Kenya are dark-skinned women. yes. People love to villainize the two of you when y'all light-skinned counterparts can say the same thing or worse.
1: Or worse. They don't
2: get the same treatment. And you Mm -hmm. really do say that a lot on Twitter. Can you talk Mm -hmm. to me about that, please?
1: Yes. I have not experienced colorism in the way that I have on this platform anywhere else in my life. And I... I grew up in predominantly white spaces. I have been the token black girl in a lot of rooms and even in those spaces, you know, you get the uh oh you're pretty to be a black girl. You get that. But the colorism is nuanced and it's often felt within your own cohort within your own community. And I guess because I didn't have much of a community that looked like me growing up, that wasn't something that I was ever aware of or really made privy to until later in life. And then even then, I, I it still was just never on my radar until this show and, you know, I am doing my job and cussing and fussing and carrying on in a way that is similar to, I'll use Ashley as an example because we're similar in age. They kind of put, she brought me onto the show expecting, I think, that we would, you know, have a, have a a rapport. And, you know, Ashley is one who can, she can get bucks, she can roll her neck, she, her eyes can pop out of her head. She, she'll, you know, she gives you what, what needs to be given in the moment. And I started to notice, knowing that Ashley had given us those moments, those aggressive moments that, my time in giving those same moments were harped on m- much more intensely and i i really had to take a step back and say what is it because at first you you just say what like you're just you're just kind of dumbfounded but you're saying that i'm aggressive but i we just watched her like get in her somebody's face and do the finger and roll her neck and do all that uh, so it it just dumbfounded me at first, but it was it took me having conversations with my real smart friends, my off TV friends, to realize what I was experiencing was colorism and it it really there was a conversation that we had, I believe, on a reunion where we were asked by Andy, I think, if we think that colorism exists on the show, and most of the women said no. and I will say that. I don't know that the cast is necessarily engaging in it. Maybe there is some dog whistling, but it certainly comes from the audience. And I think that the beneficiaries of colorism have a responsibility to call that out. And I don't see that happening. Myself, Wendy, you know, we can't. We can scream it all day. You know, it's, it's, it, 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 it literally is attached to racism. The oppressed cannot, we can't speak out. We can, but the, the liberation and the change and the overturning comes when the people that have the power are speaking out against it. And to deny that colorism exists is um, doing a disservice to all of us.
2: No, and listen, one of the examples that I'll give, too, is, you know, one thing that Ashley and you do is y'all can read for filth. And I am a fan of the both of y'all's right? Because I think you guys are just fantastic reality stars and just know how to, like, give great scenes. So, for example, you called Ashley wide body and got read for that. Meanwhile, Ashley made fun of Cherie's saggy titties, but did not get much of a a scorn reading for that. I know for a fact that colorism exists in the scope of reality television, in the scope of the world, in the scope of the music industry. It is what it is, and it it doesn't take me not being a black woman to not see it. I see it. I see it based on Twitter, and I think that's the reason why a lot of people stay off of Twitter who are on reality TV, because it can definitely affect your mental health, knowing that people— Are really not equal in their disdain for a person, place, or thing. And one of the things that I know you dealt with um, with your mental health was the the unfortunate altercation that you and Monique had um, on the show. And as a black man in this business, and I shared this with Monique as well, I was devastated by that only because, look, I know that unfortunately things just happen. Like things things happen, and, and that's just the way of life. We saw Will Smith. Slap Chris Rock on America's favorite award stage. And and shit happens. Well what I thought was funny was Will Packer, who's a friend of mine and who I love, he produced that um, Oscar um special. No one blamed Will Packer, and they shouldn't have, because he had nothing to do with it. But when black people are having a bad moment on reality TV, they blame Carlos King or they blame the other producers. And one of the things that I loved about your conversation that you had on camera and off camera was the fact that everybody saw the error in their ways, right? And I thought it was so special to at least have that honest conversation. How were you able to get past that? Because I know that for some people, it would have been hard to return to the show.
1: I don't know that I am past it. Oh, because of the backlash that I received due to the acrobatics that were orchestrated by some, there are still people who I mean, there obviously are obviously are strong opinions about about that season. But to to quote the ancient African proverb, revisionist history is a motherfucker. It's so easy to to sit back and watch and decide that you know what happened in, in any space. And that's what reality television is for. It's an escape. And that's what I understand that my role is in this space for a lot of our viewers. But when, when the game is not played by the rules and... Uh, people who can't control their emotions um, want to get out of control and, and change the way the game is played. It becomes less about entertainment and more about this is my real life. And and I I still have a lot of thoughts and feelings about the revisionist history. I obviously don't let it you know, overtake me. And I think that God has prepared the most immaculate table for me before all of my enemies. Um, therefore, I have no need to harp on uh, whatever. However, it's it, it's not something that you just, that just goes away. One of our SVPs, who's a dear friend of mine, her name is Lorraine, um, she said in... Uh, Not All Diamonds in Rosé, that I forget how she said it, but she she I talked to her at length for hours upon hours um, during that whole season five. And she she sort of accurately emoted for me when she said something to the effect of I think Candace was blindsided and she was really hurt by the chain of events because it's not something that she ever expected to happen and she really thought that she was dealing with someone who she thought was her friend and for her to 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 put that into words that it, it was it was just shock not so and i talk about this on girl's trip too not so much the the physical part that wasn't the shock the shock was the spinning and the lying and the revisionist history that still reverberates amongst people who are just committed to misunderstanding me versus looking at facts and actually going back and reviewing the the edited season. So yeah, it's an evolution that is still evolving.
2: Knowing that this happened a couple of years ago, and Monique is no longer on the show, is there a world... Knowing that you're spiritual and you, you like me, you're God fearing and we 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 love the Bible, and God talks about forgiveness. Is there a world where you're able to forgive Monique and or be friends with her again?
1: I think I have forgiven her for me, because that that's my salvation that's at stake. I have forgiven her for me. I think it's impossible to move into a space of friendship with a human being who continues to live in delusion and in their version, the, in their revisionist history. This is someone who has still goes into public spaces and calls me a child when the child is the person who can't just let it be, give it a no comment. Or, you know, I, I when, it, when these conversations come up, when these questions come up, it's about me. I'm not interested in insulting or ha- creating unnecessary contention with a non-factor in my life. And again, there, I there's too much increase in my life for me to to go to that negative space. So you no, know, the, the short answer is no. It just. You 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 can't you can't rekindle something with someone who um who isn't there. And I, I also just it's that's just not my portion. I'm just I'm I I don't need I don't need friends like that.
2: No, that's understandable. And you know, look, one thing we're here to celebrate is the new season of Potomac. I have set on record, and people like to throw me shade for saying this, because they think in order for me to compliment somebody, I have to diss them in the same sentence. Like, a lot of people, I'm just going to say it, a lot of people are surprised that I'm a huge Candace fan because I'm a Monique fan, and Monique's on my show. You know what I mean? Like, I always tell people, like, I am a black man in this space, and I truly love everybody, and people's beefs are not my beef. I'm not a female rapper. I'm not going to get a... (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to... I'm not picking sides in terms of what people go through. Like, I love everybody. I love you. I Love Potomac. Potomac Right Now is my favorite franchise. Potomac Right Now is the number one most entertaining Housewives franchise in the world. And it has been for a couple of years. I love this show so much. Um the trailer came out and it's explosive. And I'm looking forward to it when it debuts Sunday, October 9th at 8 o'clock 7 Central. 8 um, yes. In the trailer, we saw some issues going on between Chris Bassett and Giselle Green-Eye Bandit Bryant where there's these accusations, if you will, that Chris has been flirting with Giselle. So I want to ask you this. Is your husband Chris attracted to Giselle?
1: I, I You would have to ask him that. But, I mean, my, I would say no I know we did we had a, an event at Karen's house 2 years ago. It was a couples like date day. And one of the questions was if you if you had to if you had to sleep with somebody else in this group or something if you were if you had to date someone else in this group something like that. Who would it be? And everyone answered, except for Eddie, because Wendy was giving him the eyes. Period. Uh, Right. And, you know, for me, and Chris said Giselle. And I also guessed Giselle, only because, like, they, Giselle is very flirty with Chris. And Chris flirts back with Giselle. And this happens in front of me. And... It has never given me pause or made me feel threatened in any kind of way because Chris does not want Giselle's 50 year old puss. He has no, he, why would he want that when he has this? So it, it, and it also just kind of gave me, okay, these, this is excess flirtatious energy coming from a woman who doesn't have that. At home. This is just this is just something that she does. Um, there Giselle has a, a history and there is a reputation there of her being fast um in her past and her being loose in her past. This this is these are facts. I'm not making this up. So, you know, I see her flirting with Chris and it's like, oh, po po thing. Just po thing. That's cute. It never bothered me.
2: You said po thing or poke thing.
1: P O P-O apostrophe. Oh. Poke. <laughs> Po thing. That's it's it's just you you can't you can't ask for for more from from someone who can only give you less than half. Like I I can't. It never bothered me. So he may be attracted. She's a beautiful woman. I'm attracted to Giselle. She's a beautiful. Woman. I'm attracted like, to she's Giselle. A, she is Giselle's a gorgeous.
2: Woman. Yes, okay? I
1: agree. L- listen, she's beautiful, but a shell is a shell, okay? And shells often have funky insides. And that's
2: one. Not fuck master flex. Okay, look. One thing I want to... (laughs) I can't with you. What's interesting, though, is after you wrapped Potomac, you then went on Ultimate Girls Trip. Y'all went to Thailand. And based on the the cast, it seemed like it was buddies from each franchise. Salt Lake City, Heather, and Whitney... Miami had Marisol. Marisol. Alexia. Okay. I love and I, Alexia. And I love her too. I, we follow yes. each other on Instagram. Okay. And then it had Giselle and Candace, and we were all yes. confused by that. Yeah. So, how was it on Ultimate's Girls Trip? Because the second installment was amazing. Dorinda's house, It was. it was funny and dramatic, and it was everything. Did y'all live up to the hype? based on the fact that you had to be with Giselle for a couple, you know, for two weeks, I think.
1: Yes. 10 days of just unadulterated hell is what ensued in Thailand. I was ready to go. These girls, just the, the girls as a whole wore me out. I was worn thin, just talking to no. I'm, talk when i it's when i don't need to talk like when it's if i don't have anything to say that is of substance i'm just going to sit back and clutch my pearls and observe these girls some of them they just like it was just i don't know if it was like a we fighting for a camera time or you know this is an accelerated version of housewives we have 10 days to get what we need so we're just we're going hard in the paint I don't know, but there was so much talking that I just don't know that needed to happen. I was surprised that Giselle and I were chosen. Um I was surprised that I was chosen. I always thought that when it was Potomac's turn to do girl Strip, it would be Giselle and Karen cuz that's who the network pushes as the faces of the of the show. I mean, that's that's the case.
2: <laughs> just keep it girl I catch everything, yes. Okay.
1: That's that's who they push. So I was ex- fully expecting Giselle and Karen. So, it was me and I was like, well, sure. I will pack my bags. I'm there. Um Giselle and I I'll just say it did not end well. <gasps> it did not end well. And yeah, and sh- yeah. Did not end well.
2: Mhm. Okay. Well, how did it begin with Portia? Because you and Portia have publicly said things about each other that a lot of people took as shade. Yes. Uh, when they found out Portia Williams and Candace was in the same room, the Twitter girls went crazy. Yeah. How did it go with Portia?
1: You will be surprised, and I that that in good ways and bad ways. It was a very interesting. Time with Portia. The, I don't want to give anything away, but it, it was it was an interesting time with with Portia. She is something else, but so am I.
2: <laughs> oh, we know you are, sis. Because I was going <laughs> to say that, that that goes to my question. Portia is a shady queen, and we love Portia. You are yes. a shady queen. Answer this for me. <clears throat> oh Lord. Who did you get into it the most on girls' trip besides Giselle?
1: Oh, um, um, who did I? I really, I was really chilling on this trip because these white girls were hollering (laughs) the whole trip. So I was just, I was kind of like it taking my my lorazepam and trying to just stay calm. Um, but I probably okay if I had to say. Who did I fuss with more than Giselle? It was, okay. Wasn't the snow bunnies? It wasn't my. I, it wasn't <laughs> Not Leah, snow Probably Portia. Yeah, we. If if I had to say more than Giselle, Giselle was the most. Um, but yes, probably if I had to say Portia. But that. But again, I say it was an interesting time because it the, it ebbed and flowed. There was a lot that went on. Like, it was 10 days, but it felt like 10 months. There was a lot of evolution and stopping and going and fussing and carrying on that took place. So, yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm making trying to make sure I'm not missing anyone.
2: I don't think you yeah. are, because yeah. I think that's... I don't see you getting into the other girls like that. Um, what about Leah?
1: Le- that Leah is my bitch. That is okay. my girl. That's Leah, so Leah and the Snow Bunnies, <laughs> they were my favorite.
2: Like I I can't take snow bunnies. <laughs> that's what
1: I called them. And then I we played a really fun game where everybody got like a I don't want to give away too much, but it, we played a really fun game where I really got to express my thoughts on everybody. And um some people were happy and some were not. And I was tickled. That's all I will say
2: about that. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. Okay, so before I let you go, talk to my raindrops about what they can expect from this season of Potomac. And baby, I i mean, one thing about me, and I don't care how far I get in life in my career, I will always be a fan because you always want to keep that innocence about you. I am a giddy girl when it comes to Potomac. I watch it and I laugh my ass off and I literally love all of you, ladies. I I got a chance to meet some of the girls when I was in town at this house, and Candace wasn't there, and Wendy wasn't there, and I was mad. Like I low key also want to see Candace and Wendy what the yes. fuck. But whatever. Yes. I digress. We'll 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 see each other face to face soon. soon. Yes. Yes. But talk to us about what we can expect from my favorite housewives franchise
1: this season. For a lot of reasons I think is maybe one of our best and I know it's easy to say that but this is probably one of our best seasons because everyone gave something and I also love when a season gets to the end and nothing has been spilled. Atlanta is kind of has gotten really bad about that like stuff leaking and you're finding out storylines and things that are happening amongst the group before the season airs. And it just ruins the experience for the viewers. Not a whole lot got out about this. You know, the the little altercation between me and Wendy kind of got out. Side note, I was coming from shooting my scripted series. So I got to the trip late. I'm midair and I'm getting texts from my manager telling me, were you in a fight? And I'm like, what? These people sat up here on Beyonce's internet and tried to say that <laughs> I got into the fight with Mia, that it was me, and I'm literally in the air. So that that got out, um, but you don't know what happened. I let me let me make it clear: you don't know what happened. Even with what you see in the trailer, you need to see the whole thing. Um, but we. I think everyone gave something personal within the group. The dynamics shift so quickly. This is, I think this is the fastest we have moved in this group. Just like the ebbs and flows within the the couples and the throuples and, you know, the six, seven of us. Our, our friend of the show, Jacqueline, that thing came in there and t- pulled our wigs off. She was doing three much. It was so (laughs) intense. Not too much, but three much. Three much. It was so intense. So it's you are going to be entertained because you're not going to be able to keep up. You 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 have to really stay on your toes and take notes for season seven. Not to shade other franchises, Mm. but sometimes things can drag on and carry on, and you just never hear the end of the things, honey. Season seven, it's like boom, 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 boom. What's next? We're friends, now we're not. We're cool, now we're not. We're, you know, cussing, and now we're in the bed together. It's like, it, it's, it is so fast-paced. Even I yeah. couldn't keep up, and I was in the mess.
2: No, I loved I love it, I love it. And I have to ask this, though. You ladies were the dark horse. You mm-hmm. ladies, to me, were the stepchildren of yes. the franchise. Do you ladies, and I'm being serious when I ask you this question, because I, I want reality stars who are fans of this podcast to hear this. Please hear this. When I watch Potomac, I feel like all of you ladies said, we need to be the best show possible. And, and yeah. we are we, going to work together to be number one. Not, not scripting stuff or having fake beef, but like, we're all going to put in the work. Um, the kids like to call it clocked in. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you ladies had a meeting and said, we need to clock in and be number one because every season is so damn good. Yeah. Did you guys have this camaraderie and this sort of uh, pact that we are going to give everything to this show to become number one?
1: I think it's unspoken. Um, I have never been a part of a group a full group meeting where we had those conversations. But I've had them in twos and threes with some of the girls just about, you know, how we really care and we are very aware and privy of what our role is and how um, we sort of carry the torch for Black women in this space. And we all take that very seriously. And that's one of the things that I respect about my cast so much is that we protect our brands. We protect the way that that we are portrayed and we take that very seriously. You know, give or take a few that may not be here anymore. So it's I think we we all are intelligent enough to know when it's time to clock in and when maybe we need to sit back and allow you know, others to, to step in. That's, that was one difference between my cast and Girl Strip. I'm used to being in a group where we allow each other to speak because we're thinking about the audio guy and how they're going to have to turn this one down so that you can hear this one talk. So we are very aware of, okay, let's let, you know, Robin have this moment to explain what she's saying. And then Karen will jump in and cuss her into smithereens. She's going to let Robin say what she has to say because you all need to understand what we're saying to, to follow our stories and to, to care about, you know, what we're bringing you. And the Girls Trip Day was just yelling and screaming. It was my wig slid off and I had braids.
2: <laughs> um,
1: so, you know, I, I just, I think that we are all... Incredibly intelligent, savvy, smart women, and we ju- we know how to maneuver, and and it's there. There are a lot of just unspoken things that just fall into place um, in the heat of moments, and and it just works. We are because we we all have leadership spirit. Like we all we all have that leadership capacity. So everybody knows how to police themselves. And I think that contributes heavily to, to our success. And I always give flowers to the OGs. This I wanna say this is is this not the most OGs at this point in a it season? Is. Yeah, that that's that's not a small feat.
2: The Real Housewives of Potomac has the um is is, is making history in terms of having the most OGs return for a consecutive 7 season which is Giselle, Robin, Ashley and Karen that has never been done in the history of the franchise and that's why you guys are great and that's no shape yeah. to the housewives franchise we love them it's all not. and yes. one thing i love about you particularly you always give Atlanta their flowers oh, and
1: all day every yeah. day. and I, I will continue to say it because i love the comparisons we are not the same, and that's a beautiful thing. And we would not be if it were not for the path that they laid. The tweet, I see it all the time. Atlanta walked so Potomac could run. I will say it until I have no breath. I was a studier and a watcher and a and someone who just respected immensely what this ensemble cast of, in, of powerful, entertaining as hell Black women were able to do for reality TV. Bravo would not be what Bravo is without Atlanta.
2: Carlos King would not be the king of reality television without Atlanta. And I will always give Atlanta their flowers. Yes. And look, I know a lot of people like to shade Atlanta about not being at its best. And listen, I'm very honest about my feelings about the, the way the show has been the past couple of seasons. But make no mistake, it will always be the greatest reality show of all time. And because of Atlanta Housewives, all of us get to eat at the table in which they prepared, so let's make that yes. very clear. So, thank you, Candice, for saying that. I can talk to you all day. I'm gonna. I know. I'm gonna see you soon, though, so we'll be good. But yes. let the girls know where they can follow you, support your burgeoning music career, and everything else.
1: Yes, I am going on tour. Uh, starting October 19th there are still tickets available i think in every city dc is almost sold out chicago is almost sold out so i'm doing dc chicago atlanta nashville and philly so you can get your tickets on citywinery.com for my tour i just had a series of rehearsals last week or in the last 2 days this tour is going to be amazing my band is the bomb i have an ent- a full band So we're giving you music, we're giving you vibes, we're giving you choreography. I have dancers, we have smoke, we have diva fans, honey. We have costume changes, we have wigs. So get it, and and vocals, the most important thing, we have vocals.
2: The mic is on. The mic
1: will be on, I promise you that. So get your tickets uh, to the city winery tour. We get on our bus. We're going across the country, honey. It's gonna be it's gonna be a time. So check that. I out. I know you like what, what is given,
2: Daddy. daddy. Yes. Oh no, yeah, oh, no. yeah. Yes. You Come on, don't no play with me. Oh. Is it? Come, don't play with me. I am a y'all. Don't get. It. I'm a fan. I did a oh video. But I I never even met this girl. And when your first single came out. Um, I see you. Yes. Um, I did a video on Instagram in my drop top horse. Period. Period. And was like singing. I love That's your right. music. I remember that? Yeah. Yes. I no. This is real. Like I am a Candy oh, Girl fan. I love you. you. Thank you for blessing you. this podcast. Thank you. And for I news. will see
0: you soon.
2: Very soon, darling. I literally can talk to Candace all day long. I have to, like, stop myself <laughs> from interviewing her because we would have had a week's worth of interviews. She is so fun, so spicy. And all jokes aside, I really hope all of you got a chance to learn a little bit more about Candace because I don't think she's treated fairly on social media. I just don't. I think she gets a bad hand and a bad rap, and I'm hoping that listening to her talk about her life, her career, and just her spirituality, open up your eyes to see why I really do think she truly is going to be one of the greatest housewives of all time. Candace, my love, you are on your way. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King New episodes drop every Wednesday and Friday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Tweet me your thoughts and hot takes about this episode using the hashtag realitywiththeking. Reality with the King is a production of More Sauce by Stitcher. It is exactly produced by me, Carlos King, and Jasmine Henley-Brown. We are also produced by LaChique Lotus Lee and LaPortia Thomas. Additional production support by Corinne Wallace and Alexis Williams. Engineering and music by Marcus Holm. More
1: Sauce.